Well, we're excited that you're joining us because we're starting a new series. We usually talk about a topic, last topic for eight weeks, but normally about four weeks. And so we have a new topic for this morning. It's called Learning to Hear God. And today's specific topic is Check Your Heart. <clears throat> Somebody knew the answer to this in the first service. Maybe you do too. And I'm not good at these uh, light bulb jokes, but we'll give it a try. How many psychoanalysts does it take to cha change a light bulb? Anybody know the answer? <laughs> All right, it is one, but the reason it's one is because they have to really want to change. All right, so that's what we're talking about this morning, change. And so I'm going to start with the question, do you really want to change? Now, most people that would be either watching or present here have a desire to change. Change to be better people, better spouses, better parents, uh, better citizens. Uh, and if you're a Jesus follower, if you're not, we're glad you're joining us. But if you're a Jesus follower, a better Jesus follower, a more mature disciple, etc. And the only reason a person doesn't change is because they don't have the want to. If you don't want to, you will not change. So we're going to look at a story Jesus told. We call that a parable that has a, a lesson, like kind of like a <clears throat> uh, just a, an object lesson. This is an agricultural lesson. I love this parable because Jesus actually interprets it for us, so we can't get it too wrong. <laughs> um, so we're going to look at it. There's four sections to the story. We're going to look at each section separately, what Jesus said and then how Jesus interpreted it. But after he told the story, there's this verse here. He says this. All right, why did Jesus tell the stories? Well, in verse uh, 8, in chapter 8 of Luke, he says this. After he said this story, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So he wants people that can hear, <laughs> that have ears, listen, pay attention, and then understand what he's saying. Now, if you're a Jesus follower, uh, maybe the most important thing for you and I is to learn to hear God. <laughs> um, it's like a child. The most important thing for a small child is to be able to hear and understand and listen to their parents for them to grow and mature and stay out of trouble and, and all these other things. <clears throat> now, one major ingredient of a relationship, and Christianity is a relationship. It's not a religion. It's a relationship with Almighty God. Well, the most important ingredients of a relationship is, I want to use the word, communication. Um, it's hard to have a relationship with someone that you cannot communicate with. <clears throat> so I've come up with this little formula uh, about communication. There's levels of communication. First is hearing. Hearing uh, the actual uh, words. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. So, my wife and I are getting older. Our hearing is not And so, especially if it's across the, a room, we'll say something and the other person won't hear it. And we'll say, I'm sorry, I didn't hear all of it. You usually hear some of it, don't hear all of it. And so, we either walk closer together. I usually say, wait a minute. And I usually walk toward my wife so I can hear. You can't communicate if you can't hear. One of these days we might need hearing aids. I don't know. So once you hear, then the next step, make progress in communication, is to understand what you heard, right? Um, my wife came back from a, the woman's Bible study, and some of you are in it, 
in, in the women's Bible study, and she started talking to me about this alcove up by uh, the stage, over by the, the lift. And she starts talking about this, and I'm saying, I, I don't know any alcove over there. <laughs> and she got a little frustrated with me, and I'm saying, I, honestly, I don't understand what you're saying. Finally, she communicated it to me outside the wall, up here near the front of the sanctuary. So there was miscommunication because I didn't understand what she was talking about. I'll give you another illustration. We arrived as missionaries in Portugal January 1. We actually flew across the ocean uh, during New Year's, <laughs> 1985. And we arrived in Portugal, and we were greeted by some other missionaries that spoke English. But everybody around us was speaking what? Portuguese. Do you think we understood anything they were saying? No. So we heard, but we didn't understand anything. So the second level of communication is understanding. Now, communication with God or with my spouse or whoever it might be, the third level is actually following through in what you understand. I use the word obey. Uh, my wife asked me to, she doesn't tell me, she would ask me to take out the trash. I heard that, I understood that. The key is, did it actually do that? So to me, that's the ingredients of good communication. Now, those of you guys that are married or have girlfriends, I came across this, that there's two things that we need to understand about women. women. The problem is nobody knows what those two things are. <laughs> and if you're married, maybe you understand that. So, talking about how to hear God, how we can hear, understand, and obey His communication. So, four, four categories, if you will, that Jesus sets up for us. So that makes it kind of easy for people like So the first category is this. First step. Cultivate an open mind. If I have a closed mind, I'm not going to hear anything you say, correct? If I have a closed mind, I'm not going to hear anything God says. <clears throat> so cultivate an open mind, and then we'll get to the passage here. As we bring that screen up. All right, so there it is, and we have a few outlines in the back if somebody's interested in having one. So let's read the text. It's in Luke, actually it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We're reading the, this story from Luke. Once a farmer went out, and this was an agrarian society. I have a plant. My wife gave me a plant here that she's growing. This was an agrarian society, so everybody understood uh, growing or planting illustrations. So this farmer went out to scatter his seed in his field. Some seed fell along a trail or footpath where it was crushed by people walking or birds flew in and ate some of those seeds. Now we say, well, why would he put seeds on the footpath? Well, they were, the way they planted was broadcasting. And, and we do that too. You ever plant grass seed and just kind of threw it out like this? Well, that's what they did with seed. Now, you didn't throw most of it on the footpath. You would throw it most in the, in the good soil, but some would fall there. <coughs> So, that's the first illustration of communicating with God, uh, a ingredient, and he, and he explains it this way. I want you to understand, so here's the interpretation. Jesus gives it to us. The voice of God is the seed. Right? The voice of God falls on the soil is human hearts, like seeds scattered across a field. Uh, I'm up here talking when I read the Word of God. That's definitely the voice of God. And 
Some people are not going to care to hear it, right? Somebody sitting here might have their ears plugged up. I don't know. Uh, so, some people hear that message. He goes on. Some people hear that message. They're exposed to it, at least. The devil opposes the liberation that comes to them by believing. Now, God's a good father, so any instructions or voice he gives to us is going to be good advice, correct? He's not going to give us bad advice. It's going to be for our good. It's going to be for our liberation. The devil, on the other hand, wants us to sin. Sin is, a, is death. It brings slavery. Uh, and so that's the options you and I have. So God wants to speak to us. If we close our hearts off, if we harden our hearts, Satan come, can come along and take that message away from us so we're not liberated, enslaved. <clears throat> so he swoops in like the birds, steals the message from the hard hearts like birds stealing the seed from the footpath. Now the question would be, why would we harden our hearts? Why would we not want to hear the message? So I came up with a few things I thought of. First one was this, pride, pride. Okay, God, I don't, you know, I got this under control. You know, family situation, um, I've got this under control, so uh, I don't need your help. If I need your help, I'll let you know, but I'll just, I'll manage on my own. It could be your finances, it could be your health, it could be your schedule, it could be lots of different things. Anytime we exclude God from a part of our lives, it's pride, saying, I don't, I don't need you in this. I can handle it. And so we will harden our hearts in that area. Another reason is fear. Fear. I said God's a good God, right? But sometimes we fear He's going to give us stuff that we don't think is good. I mentioned how when I was 17, God wanted me to go in the ministry. I didn't think that was good. I didn't think that's something I would enjoy. Now I've done it for 40 years. But um, kind of a silly one, back to the same about that same time, I had this fear, I'll use that word, that God wanted me an attractive woman. Pretty on the inside, but not attractive on the outside. And so, um, when I first met now my wife, I was dating this lady that, you know, I don't think you would say was very attractive on the outside. She played the piano, she was a very committed Christian, so it was kind of ideal pastor's wife, right? <laughs> I'll say luckily for me, fortunately, blessed by me is my wife gave me a very attractive wife, right? On the inside as well as the outside. But that was a fear I had. And uh, we have all these crazy fears, don't we? If, if, if I listen to God, He's going to want me to do something I don't want to do. Or He's going to make me do, or want me to do something that's not fun. He's going to take my fun away. So that's a reason we harden our hearts toward God. Another reason we harden, harden our hearts toward God sometimes is... I'm going to use the word bitterness, a resentment. Something bad has happened to you. Maybe you brought it on yourself. Maybe you were innocent, but something bad happened to you. Maybe you were abused. Uh, anyway, so if God's a good God and He allowed this to happen to me, thanks but no thanks, God. I am angry with you. I don't know if I want to listen to you. Uh, I tried to listen to you and, and good stuff didn't happen to me. Now, <clears throat> When I hear the question, where was God when, quote, unquote, happened, I respond with this. Where was God when his son Jesus died on the cross? Nothing worse has ever happened to anybody than that. So, just because something bad happens doesn't mean that God has, is not 
loving and he's not involved and he's not around. Because with choice, God gives mankind choice, comes bad choice as well as good choice. So when we experience that and when we have this tendency to want to get bitter or angry with God, uh, what you, you and I need to do when we're hurt, when we're deeply hurt, and I'm sorry you are and, and you have been, when we're hurt, the worst thing to do is run from God. The best thing we can do is to run to God for comfort. A little child, when he gets hurt, he doesn't run away from his parents, does he? If he's got loving parents, he runs to his parents. And so you and I need to. So that's some reason why we might harden our hearts. So we're going to summarize each one of these steps. So the soil in this first instance represents hard hearts that change isn't wanted. We just don't want it. Um, Consequently, we don't hear it. I came across this interesting term. Some of you probably have heard it. Mosquito tone. Uh, There's a certain uh, level of sound that uh, I think it's about age 25, humans can't hear it anymore. But young people can hear it. And so this originated with... um, the desire to deal with uh, loiterers in England. And so the story would broadcast this irritating sound at these decibels that most the customers couldn't hear, but the young people that were loitering on the property would hear and it would aggravate them. But of course, kids are smart, right? And so they took this concept and began to use it with their cell phones in school. And they would send messages to each other with the mosquito tone that the teacher couldn't hear, but of course the other student could. We need to make sure we don't get our hearing level to the, uh, below that where we can actually hear the, the message. So I'm going to give you a, a soil test or a heart check or a think about on each one of these levels. So the first one's this. Do I really value spiritual growth or change? Do I really want change? Do I really want to grow? Do I really want to get uh, more intimate with Almighty God? Each of us have to answer that for ourselves. All right, the second part of the story is this. Seeds fell different places. So secondly, a lot time to listen. A lot time to listen. Um, if, you're, if, if you don't allow time to listen, you can't hear. So the story goes this way, Jesus telling, other seed fell on what he describes as shallow soil with underlying rock. Um, We consider our soil here around here rocky, but most of the time it's just got rocks in it. Uh, In the the Middle East, uh, lots of places have a couple inches of soil over a bedrock. And so that's what he's describing here. So the seed begins to grow but it soon withers and dies for lack of moisture because it doesn't hold much moisture in several inches. So, what is, Jesus, what are you talking about? Well, others receive the message enthusiastically or joyfully. So, receive the message, receive the seed. But their vitality is short-lived. Enthusiasm dies, the joy dies. Because the message can't be deeply rooted in their, he describes this as shallow hearts. So in the heat of temptation or testing, their faith withers, their enthusiasm, their belief withers, like the seed sprouted in the gravelly soil. 
Uh, when we were growing up, my sister is here, we would drink orange juice, and my mom would buy it in concentrate, and we'd be in the freezer, and you'd have to thaw it out and mix it with water, and we would have orange juice. You know, hardly anybody buys, I, I guess they still sell it. <laughs> I know my wife doesn't buy it. Frozen concentrate juice. Oh, yeah, sometimes you buy it for punch, don't you? <laughs> but you know why? Because people don't want to take the time to thaw it out and mix it. And so the manufacturers discovered this, and so almost all juice comes in jars or cartons now, right? So you can just o open it and, and pour it out. So, <laughs> um, we are <coughs> busy. <laughs> we are, we think we're busy, anyway. Um, and so, somebody might say, well, I've been a Christian for, let's say, 27 years. Well, maybe you've been a one-year Christian for 27 years. You haven't grown past that first year, just repeated it over and over again because you have a shallow heart. So enthusiasm's not enough. It's great when you have it, but it's not enough. It, it, you need to have commitment. We need to slow down. We need to schedule time alone with God. We're going to talk about this more in the next couple weeks. But you need more than enthusiasm because enthusiasm goes away. Um, so this soil is described as shallow soil. And we might say this change is superficial. It's only surface level and it doesn't last. <clears throat> Came across, I thought this was an interesting illustration. Some of you have these Fitbits maybe on your wrist or maybe you have something connected to your uh, iPhone or whatever it might be. Well, they did some research after a few years on these Fitbit things and that the people that had them actually didn't lose as much weight as people that didn't have them. And they were all confused about this. It's research and they finally discovered the reason was this. If I find out I, I burnt 600 calories, I'm more likely to eat more because I feel good about losing these calories and so consequently the people would lose uh, less weight. So it was only the people that were committed, whether they had the technology or not, to weight loss that would actually lose weight. thought that was interesting. So <clears throat> soil test, am I trying to change, or is it, is it superficial, or is it deep? I'll use another word, is it persevering? Are you continuing to, to listen, or is it just sporadic? Third soil type Jesus talked about. How to hear God speak? You have to eliminate the distractions. Eliminate the distractions. This is huge. This is big in our society. I don't have my phone up here. Well, we carry around a distraction with us all the time, don't we, nowadays? <laughs> it's right in our pocket or purse, wherever you may carry it. So Jesus says it this way. Other seed fell among thorns or weeds that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. So at first, they're both kind of growing the same speed. But the funny thing about weeds, it seems like they grow faster <laughs> than good plants, don't they? So, Jesus, what do you mean? Well, this third group, here's the message but as time passes, the day, and there are three categories, we'll look at these in a little detail. Daily anxieties, the pursuit of wealth, and life's addicting delights outpace the growth of the message, the good growth, uh, in this case in their hearts. Even if the message grows enough to blossom and fruit begin to form, the fruit never fully matures because the thorns 
choke out the plant's vitality. So we never, we might get a teeny little apple, not a, not a, not a, a full-grown apple. <clears throat> See, the problem is our minds are so full, aren't they? Of so many things. Now you can't really shut your mind off anyway, but we need to be more proactive about deciding what <laughs> we put in there or we al- allow into our minds. <clears throat> but here. Here's something that I came across that I thought was helpful to me. Don't confuse activity with productivity, especially with cell phones and access to Internet and all that stuff. And, uh, we can be active to almost 24-7, can't we? Uh, but at the end of the day, when you look back, sometimes I think, boy, it didn't seem like I got much done today. I spent a lot of time doing things. So the key is productivity. We don't want to be unproductive, and God doesn't want us to be unproductive. You don't want to be unproductive. So this soil, he's described as neglected heart, because a good farm would get rid of the weeds, right? So this soil is a neglected heart, so change isn't cultivated. We let other things impact us. Um, Soil slide. Um, It isn't cultivated. So Jesus mentioned three categories of distractions So I thought we'd take a minute and look at these in a little bit in detail. So the first type he mentioned, first type of weed or thorns, was daily anxieties. Wow, I know better. I preach sermons about this, and I still find myself worrying about things, and I'm sure you do too, especially in this past year. You know, what's going to happen to the church? What's going to happen to my life? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my finances? Happen to the country? Happen to the world? And, of course, we all have our personal, you know, dealing with my own personal finances and my own health issues and my, my own relationships. And it's so easy to get anxious or to worry about this thing. The problem with anxiety is what? It's useless. <laughs> it has no value at all. It accomplishes nothing. It wastes time and energy. And it can preoccupy our minds so that we can't hear God. We're so focused on these different anxieties we might have. So that's one of the issues we have, distractions we have. Secondly is the pursuit of wealth. There's nothing wrong with wealth. We all have wealth. <clears throat> but we make it the major goal of our life. That's the problem. When we sacrifice family, when we sacrifice health, when we sacrifice, obviously, time with God or hearing God, <clears throat> that is a distraction that brings negative results. Uh, like the old adage, uh, you never see a U-Haul following a hearse, Right? Uh, you can't take any of that stuff with you. You, you. you get to the place where your possessions possess you. And we all have possessions. I understand that. <clears throat> but it can't be the major pursuit, the thing that you focus on 24-7. Obviously, you can't hear God. And this translation uses this term, addicting delights. Isn't it interesting how? And God wants us to enjoy life. But many of them, especially in our culture society today, become addicting. Uh, what do you call it when you watch? Uh, binge-watching TV. You know, growing up, we had three channels, and you had to watch it when it was on, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so um, you can find your favorite show and just watch it hour after hour after hour. Uh, not saying it's always wrong, but it can become addicting. You didn't have those options in the past. There's other things that are addicting. Obviously, I don't need to list, list things for you. 
Uh, but these can be good things. Uh, we can spend, can you imagine being on vacation every week? <laughs> or working one day a week? That wasn't God's design. He said work six days. I think God built into the Jewish calendar what we call vacation. But that's not supposed to be uh, what we do all the time. So these are just some examples. There's many examples of things that can distract us so we can't hear God. It fills our mind up with other noise. Now let me ask you a question about weeds. How hard is it to grow weeds? Do you have to do anything? You don't have to do anything. They just grow. To get good growth, you have to plant it and take care of it and water it etc., don't you? So, it's easy for us to be distracted. It doesn't take any effort. It takes effort to not be distracted. Um, those of you who don't know anything about biology, I thought this was an interesting illustration. <clears throat> an amoeba, which is basically the basic form of life, it's like one cell, right? I think I got that right from my biology. So some scientists took this amoeba and put it in what they perceived was perfect conditions. It applied food, there was no enemy, perfect moisture and temperature. And you know what happened to that amoeba? It died. A scientist in our first service said, well, you didn't have ideal conditions. Well, best they understood, they didn't. Because we need, growth only comes through effort. And so, it takes effort to communicate with God. It takes effort for me to communicate, communicate excuse me, with my wife. It takes effort to communicate with anyone. And so, uh, beware of distractions. So, soil test. What good things, not just bad things, but even good things, are potentially choking you, my or your spiritual growth? They're distractions. <clears throat> I don't know if you have, I've never done paintball, but my son has. Um, but this dad went to see his son play paintball. Uh, they had teams of five players, and you have these paintball guns. I, I was studying, they can have as many as 13 rounds a second of this paint coming out. So anyway, both teams are trying to quote-unquote kill, not literally kill, the, the opponents. Now the interesting thing is you have coaches on the outside of the playing field <clears throat> and, of course, your coach is giving you advice of where the enemy is. Well, they have coaches that give false information to the enemy players. And so the dad's listening to this, and he's watching this, and, and the game's over, and his, and his son comes to me and says, that's unfair, that's cheating. And the, and the kid says, no, 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 he's a teenager. No, it isn't, that's just part of the game. The other team tries to ha distract us by giving us bad uh, information. And so, same true in our spiritual lives, right? <laughs> the devil's trying to distract us or to give us bad information. So we need to be careful of what's choking out our spiritual growth. And then the fourth, fourth soil. <clears throat> and I describe this as like cooperate with what God says. So I hear... I understand but the third key of communication is to cooperate or to obey. So, Jesus tells the story this way. But some of the seeds, some of the 
hard soil, some weedy soil, some in shallow soil. But some seed, hopefully most of the seed, fell into good soil. And notice, soft, not hard, moist, not dry, free from thorns, not weedy. So these seeds not only grew. Okay, so they grew. They not only grew, but they multiplied, they exploded, they produced more seeds a hundred times what the farmer originally planted. Explosive growth. Jesus, what are, what are you talking about? Explain this to us. Well, some people hear the message and let it take root deeply in receptive hearts. These hearts are made fertile by honesty and goodness, we'd say good character, with patient dependability. They bear good fruit. <clears throat> Can you plant something today and harvest it tomorrow? No. It's a great illustration because spiritual growth in you and I doesn't happen overnight either. So it takes patient dependability. Now one issue that you and I have sometimes is this. God, um, yeah, I'd like to hear what you have to say and then I'll decide if I want to do it. Now if your kids, those are your parents, your kids come to you and say, okay, Tell me what chores you want me to do, and I'll decide if I want to do them. What is your response going to be? Can I say, I would feel like slapping upside the head. I don't know if I would. Hopefully I would. Uh, that's what we'd feel like doing, right? So God's not going to waste his breath, so to speak, and try and communicate with you if you and I have no desire to listen and obey. And it really boils down to a matter of trust. Do I trust that God is a good God that has my best interest at heart? So whatever he says to me is something that's for my good or not. And anytime you and I, and I believe all of us, we are, do, are some of these different soils at different times. And anytime we close off part of our lives to God, we're saying, God, I know better than you, or you don't know what's good for me in this area. And we're saying, I don't trust you with my health, my finances, my relationship, whatever it might be. So this soil is the good soil, right? It's a receptive heart. Change is real. It's lasting. It is fruitful. It's productive, right? All of us want to have a productive life. We don't want to look back on our life and say, oh, I just wasted my life. I don't think anybody wants to do that, do we? So this is a way that we can ensure our lives are productive. <clears throat> so some might argue theologically with this next statement, but I think this story illustrates this point. What counts is not profession of faith. I believe Jesus. But perseverance of faith. So what of the, which of the four seeds was the only beneficial seed to the farmer? Hard soil? Shallow soil? Even the weedy soil? No. The only soil that was beneficial to the farmer, the only seed that grew in to bear fruit was a seed on good soil. So, make a suggestion to you, uh, hopefully uh, something you'll take seriously. Regularly go to the Lord. I'm heart realignment. Okay, God, am I, is there an area of my life where my heart is hard? Did I shut you out? Is an area of my, of my life where... Um, yeah, I, I, I want to listen a little bit, but that's it. <laughs> Is there an area in my life that I'm being distracted by a lot of other things, maybe even good things, 
I'm missing the best things? Or is my heart, am I listening, am I hearing, am I understanding? And we'll talk about ways to better do that in, in the coming weeks. But then am I obeying? So here's my suggestion, that you do at least one thing. All right? Uh, remove a distraction, uh, set a time aside to hear God, uh, you decide. But at least do one thing to improve your relationship with God. Uh, I mentioned uh, uh, Tolkien last week, a fantasy writer, a contemporary of his, and more of you might know this, this author, uh, C.S. Lewis. They both were contemporaries in England. And most of you probably know about the Narnia series. And Lucy's one of the main characters. And um, When she comes back to Narnia for the second time, everything has changed. And she's really confused. And she's wanting to find Aslan. And those of you who don't know the, this work, Aslan represents Jesus. And so there's this fascinating little dialogue um, in, in that book. And it goes like this. A, the great beast, this is Aslan, He's a lion, <clears throat> rolled over on his side so that Lucy fell, half sitting and half lying between his front paws. He bent forward and touched her nose with his tongue. His warm breath came all over her. She gazed up into his large, wise face. Now here's the dialogue. It's fascinating. <clears throat> he says, welcome, child. Aslan, said Lucy, you're bigger. His response is fascinating. That's because you're older, little one. Now, have you, any of you gone, adults, have you ever gone back to some place where you were in your childhood and it seemed so big when you were a kid and then you go and you say, it isn't big at all. But this is just the opposite. He said, not because you are. She asked the question, not because you are. He says, no, I'm not. I'm not any bigger. But I seem bigger to you. Why? Because each year you grow, you mature, and you find me bigger. Your spiritual, spiritual maturity grows. Your trust level, maybe that's the best way to explain it, grows. So if my trust is growing, I have a bigger God, even though he hasn't changed, really, has he? It's a fascinating illustration. So as we hear God's voice, we listen, we hear, we understand, and we obey, our faith grows, our trust grows, our God gets bigger. <clears throat> so third, fourth test is this. Am I growing in trust and obedience? It's a good way to give, test yourself, right? Am, is my faith stronger or bigger now than it was pre-COVID? That would be a good test, right? Am I trusting God more now than I did even before COVID? And the way to gauge if I'm trusting is am I being obedient? So we're just getting started. We're going to talk about this for a couple more weeks. Hopefully you're interested in communicating or hearing from God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. We thank you that you are a loving God that desires to speak to us, your children, your imperfect children. Sometimes we hear, sometimes we don't. Sometimes 
We want to understand, but once we do, we, we don't want to obey. Forgive us for our stubbornness, our hard hearts. I pray that we will cultivate the soil of our hearts, that we'll be receptive, that we'll hear, we'll understand, and that we'll obey for your glory. And anyone that's not a Jesus follower, even you continue to resist. Your, your heart has been hardened. And we would pray that you would open yourself up to hearing God's voice. Uh, if you're willing to do that, what he has to say would be a gift of life. Uh, Satan wants to keep you trapped in slavery. And if we can help with that, you in that area, <clears throat> please don't hesitate to contact us. So Father God, as we go through this week, we pray that we will be your trusting servants, which means we'll be obedient. For your glory and our benefit, we pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen.